and welcome into the Knicks State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo, joined by Danny Small and Chip Murphy. It's uh, been a few weeks since I've been able to go on. We tried last week, but technology just was not our friend. It was not working for me. It was a little strange, but you guys did a great job last week, like you guys always do. Uh, and the show today is going to be on Katie's comments to the media. What he had to say about the Knicks. We'll also talk about the first preseason game because it's just good that basketball's back. Finally, the long layoff of having to wait for basketball is over, and our Knicks were back in the action the other night against Washington. So we'll share our thoughts with that. But first, we're going to jump into these uh, the, what KD had to say to the media about the Knicks because apparently every time he talks to the media, the media just loves to bring out that he – chose the Nets over the Knicks, you know, because they're the ones in the first place that reported for months and months and months that KD to the Knicks is a done deal, blah, blah, blah. And then when that didn't happen, they wanted to bash the Knicks, which is just how I love how the media works. It's just great. Uh, But they're going to constantly ask KD to mention something on the Knicks here. And some of the comments that he said is that the Knicks aren't cool anymore. And that nobody wants to play there. No big names wants to play here. So, Chip, I'm going to start with you. Uh, when you hear these comments by Katie, what were your thoughts? Well, he was on Hot 97, so it's a New York City radio station. So, of course, he's going to be asked about the Knicks. So I wasn't really surprised about that. And Rosenberg, who's a uh, co-host on there, is a big Knicks fan. So... Uh, and a sports guy. He's a co-host on Michael K show, too. So I wasn't surprised that he was asked about the Knicks uh, on the radio in a New York City market. Uh, and, I mean, he's always going to be, no matter how long he plays on the Nets, he's always going to be asked about right. why he didn't choose the Knicks, why he chose Little Brother over Big Brother. Um, and when he says things like, the Knicks aren't cool. I mean, that's basically, I think a lot of people have said it on Twitter. Uh, that's basically his way of saying, you know, the Knicks suck. They've sucked for the last 20 years. I mean, you can't really disagree with that. But uh, I think Marcus Morris kind of came back at him today with some uh, pretty, uh, with an interesting tweet saying he doesn't really care about the cool thing or whatever. I don't have the tweet in front of me. But um, didn't didn't Jeff Van Gundy go on ESPN and say something too? I was looking at uh, I know Jonathan Macri tweeted out a Van Gundy video about uh, making a comment about the Knicks today, and that's what I was really looking at. Like he said, uh, yeah, he said like Broadway's not for everyone or something, and it sounded like he was talking about Kevin Durant. About Kevin Durant choosing Brooklyn over New York. So, yeah, it sounded like he was taking a little shot there. But it was cool to see the Durant thing, to see the impact that it had on... um, uh, Oh, God. I just said Marcus Morris. Um, And then cool to see the impact it had on Randall. Because Randall, you know, he said he felt cool in 
uh, blue and orange. He said the comments didn't mean anything to him. And uh, he said, I think he even said he didn't think Durant meant it like as a knock to the Knicks or anything. So I think it, as players, I think generally like Kevin Durant. So I think that kind of rolled off the Knicks players' backs. But uh, we'll see if that sparks a rivalry. I'm not really sure if it will, considering Durant's not even going to be on the court this year. But, uh, yeah, to me, the whole saying the Knicks aren't cool thing is just because Kevin Durant didn't really feel like going on the radio and saying the Knicks suck. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason. You know, yeah, no. Uh, go ahead, Danny. No, I was just—I mean, I was just going to say I—I agree with Chip. Like, I mean, I think his—he was essentially just saying, yeah, like the Knicks have sucked for you know twenty or so years, and that's why they're not cool or you know whatever whatever word you want to use to describe it. Um, so, and you can't like really blame Durant for saying it just because it's—I mean, it's true—they've sucked for a long time. But I mean, it is what it is. Like the Knicks, like Chip said, they they handled it pretty well. Like their responses were pretty good. And it, you know, it's just people are going to ask Durant constantly about the Knicks. And hey, it's a good little rivalry. Like, and hopefully this sparks a little something. I mean, like you said, Chip, it kind of it kind of stinks that Durant is not going to be able to play this year because you know maybe the rivalry loses a little juice or changes up or something. People are going to forget these comments by then. But I mean, it's nice to see some back and forth between Knicks and Nets fans on, on Twitter. You know, it's yeah. it's nice to see. You know, Barclays Center is probably going to be pretty pretty rocking for that first. You know, uh, that first game between the two of them. I mean, it's it's just a cool thing. You know, it's I think there's a lot of juice in the city right now around both teams. So I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to the next you know whatever three four five years between these kind of uh, these two cores going at each other because you obviously you know the nets are pretty set with how they're moving forward Knicks, obviously there's you know you have barrett you have randall you have a few guys that you know are going to be here long term but their roster is a little more fluid i'm interested to see how the whole the entire rivalry itself like kind of progresses as these years go on you know and you guys i agree with both of you when you talk about you know what he said I mean, there's a lot of truth behind it, as the Knicks have not been good. And that is the main reason why we look over the years why we haven't been able to attract any big-time free agents. The Knicks really have never had a plan in place to kind of make themselves more presentable to free agents. I go back to it all the time that they always try to do these Band-Aid fixes, these quick fixes to turn it around. And sometimes you got to do things the way they're kind of doing right now. Um, you know, I do say this though. I don't think uh, these comments now, when we talk about the the rivalry itself between these two teams, I, I don't think it's going to be forgotten because I think Kevin Durant is constantly going to be asked to make some kind of comment on the Knicks, mm-hmm. and it, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is between these two teams. Again, the media is getting the kick that he chose Brooklyn over the New York Knicks. You know, the the little brother is now on the front page type thing. So I do think that even if he doesn't play this year, obviously, you know, with his Achilles injury and all that stuff, he is always going to be asked something about the New York Knicks. And honestly, you know, by saying that he's not cool to me, he might get a little bored of it at this point, because I feel like every time he's interviewed, he's having to answer something on the Knicks. And, you know, what he said, there is a lot of truth to it right now. The the Knicks are not appealing to free agents. However, I do think, 
this is the first time in quite a while they actually did smart things and are trying to at least change that image of being a not a desirable place. I, I just go back to this offseason where they didn't totally bomb it, no matter what the media wants to say. When you want to say they didn't get a big-time star, no, they didn't, but they didn't panic. They didn't go out and end up overspending for a guy like DeMarcus Cousins or something because look how bad that would have been because now he's gone. You know what I mean? But in the years past, that's what the Knicks would do. That's exactly what the Knicks would do. They would panic and go send out a max contract for a guy that doesn't deserve it, and it always bit the Knicks in the butt. They finally didn't do that. They made a very competitive roster. A lot of smart contracts here. So is Durant say they're not cool? Well, no, not right now, but they're at least starting to show that they're doing some things in the right way and trying to build their organization by developing young players for it to become more of a desirable place. But overall, my reaction to it is, I mean, you can say the Knicks stink right now. We haven't done anything. We haven't done anything. So I don't really have a problem with Kevin Durant said. However, though, we're always going to hear some kind of quote from him. And not just from Kevin Durant. I think a lot of the Brooklyn Net players, you know, they want the credit of being the, I guess, the alpha dog in New York, even though everybody's still kind of, Feels like the Knicks are the top team, even though Brooklyn has had the more success. Uh, so I think in the terms of this rivalry, there's always going to be comments like this. Every so often, when there's maybe nothing to talk about, they're going to ask somebody like Kevin Durant to mention something on the New York Knicks. This ain't going to be the last time we've seen comments like this all over the headline news. And I'm sure it's not going to be the last time that we're going to talk about it. That's just the kind of way that I feel about it. But, uh, you know, as we now will transition into uh, the first, uh, preseason game that was on Monday night against the uh, Wizards. The Knicks picked up the win in it, 104-99. to Danny, I'm going to start with you. What are some of the things that jumped out to you uh, in the Knicks win? What were some of the things that you looked for, some things that you liked? What were some of the things that you didn't like during the Knicks preseason win? Uh, well, I'll go I'll, – I'll just talk a little bit about R.J. Barrett. Um, I know there's like a million things we could talk about from this game, um, and I'm sure we'll get to the Marcus Morris stuff at some point because that was at least the <laughs> biggest like, headline to come out of the game, I guess. Um, but I, I just I think with R.J. Barrett, it's good to see him have some of that fire, that like kind of intensity because he started out cold from outside. He wasn't shooting well, and I think actually that like his outside shooting, shooting the three that's going to be hot and cold for him this year. He's not like the going to be the like the knockdown dead eye assassin from behind the arc at least not this point in his career. So I think we're going to see some, you know, 1 for 7, 1 for 8 from behind the arc. We're going to see some nights like that from him. But I mean, I just just the intensity showed that second half I know is, you know, a lot of you know, second unit Wizards guys, so take it with a grain of salt. But I think he's just he's got that, you know, kind of that it factor and this, you know, it's not the best analysis, but it just it feels like he's, you know, he's the type of person like Jeff Van Gundy said is made for Broadway. Seems like he's that kind of person who can maybe, you know, become a star and make the Knicks cool again. Obviously, I'm not going to overreact to, you know, one half or one one performance from a preseason game cuz he the whole game itself he had his ups and downs. But I just I, I do like kind of that, that edge he brings a little bit. Um, you know, I'm just I'm excited to see what he can do for for an entire 82 game season 
because I mean he's, the talent is there, and you you saw it on Monday. Chip, same thing. What are some of your reactions and thoughts from this game on Monday night? Well, the guy I was really looking at was uh, Kevin Knox in this one uh, because I wanted to see all the attention has been paid towards. Danny was just talking about R.J. Barrett. That's who the guy. All the focus has been on him. I figured the defense would key in on him a lot, too. So I thought Knox would get a lot of opportunities. He came out, and uh, he came out off the bench. And uh, I think he was actually the first guy off the bench, too, even. But uh, he played about six minutes in the first quarter, and he looked great. Uh, he hit a three from the top of the key, like, as the mm-hmm. other sound that I think. I think he had, yeah, three or four seven points in the first quarter. Uh, he attacked the basket in the first quarter. He looked awesome. And he didn't play very much in the second quarter, but he was two of eight for the rest of the game, and he just completely disappeared. And it was really, it was disappointing. Right. And it was, you know, I, and again, it's just preseason, so whatever. But I thought maybe him, when I found out he was moving to the bench, I thought that, might open up some things for him, especially like Danny just said, uh, the, the wizards bench players, the wizards bench players were a glorified summer league team. I mm-hmm. thought Knox would tear that team apart. And I mean, if you watched him in the third and the fourth quarter, when he was playing, he just wasn't the same aggressive player that he was in the first quarter. And I didn't really understand that because he was, you know, he was putting the ball on the floor, attacking the rim. I think he even had a bucket in transition too. Off a seal, I, I don't know. He he was just a, he was a completely different player in the second half than he was in that first quarter, and that kind of sucked for me. But that that again, I'm just I'm folk. That's how I am. I'm just focusing on the rare negative because Danny was talking about the positive, mm-hmm. huge positive with RJ Barrett, which yeah. I loved. I came out guns uh, blazing with the positive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm focusing on the very rare negative. And again, Knox had a great first quarter, and I loved it. But I, I just would have liked to have seen him play a little more consistent because he got outplayed by a teenager who's playing in his first NBA game, and he was playing he was playing against guys who don't even belong on the court with him. <laughs> and I uh, I, I don't want to. Uh, Somebody else talk. I have someone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, were you guys a little surprised to see Barrett already in the starting lineup? Or not so much because it's preseason. You can do these kind of things. Were you surprised that Knox was a guy coming off the bench here? You know, for for either one of you. I wasn't wasn't shocked by the the starting lineup, really. I mean, I think there's a few ways kind of Fisdale can tinker with this a little bit. You know, I mean, Ellington played a decent amount. I know, at least in preseason, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Frank get a shot at starting point. Even though I think Alfred Payton, I think Fizz also likes him. So, but I just I wouldn't be shocked to see him kind of tinker around with it. Because one thing I'm looking at here is, you know, Alonzo Trier played seven minutes. Which, I mean, is he going to be that guy who gets kind of left on the outside of the rotation? Possibly. But I also I I don't think we should read too much into like the you know minutes and and who played where and who started and whatnot because I think it'll change at least a little bit as time right. time goes on. But you know, like you said, I, it would have been easy to put Barrett you know start Barrett off the bench because you know kind of just like ease him into things a little bit. 
against a bad second unit type thing. But it looks like Fizz, I mean, he played 39 minutes. So it looks like Fizz is going to try and get at least Barrett, you know, a lot of reps. You know, when I look at the game, I watched, I, I, I missed a lot of the, the first quarter of the game. I got in a little bit later. So I seen mostly from late to second quarter on. Uh, one of the things, not even individual-wise, hey, the Knicks shot 42% from behind the three-point line. They hit 15 three-pointers. I don't I don't know if they hit 15 three-pointers in a game last season all year. That, which, to be honest, they couldn't shoot from outside yeah. the perimeter. So just for starters alone, just to see a 42% uh, three-point percentage of actually taking a, a total of 35 three-pointers in this. So they didn't just take a few. They, they took a good mm-hmm. many and hit 42% from them. I know that was some of the, the focus of some of these guys they brought in, like Ellington, who was three of seven from behind the arc, things like that. Uh, and it just – they look like a better shooting team. Last year, they didn't have a threat from the outside that could shoot the basketball at all. It, it was awful. With the depth that this team has, a little bit more the shooting numbers, right off the bat is kind of what jumped out to me. Um, you guys know I can't resist the being able to talk about Frank Nealatina. I didn't think it was I, – I, and I'm going to say I didn't think it was terrible. He just, he just got to hit – three of ten – it's got to hit like yeah. one or two more to make me happy. That's all I'm nah, saying. No, that's, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Cause I, and I, I had some, I had a, a couple of Frank takes queued up for this episode. But le- yeah, I think, I me think too. that, Go that, ahead, that was my, <laughs> I think that, honestly, I think that was kind of Matt. What you said is like the first thing that comes right. to mind is like, you like the aggressiveness, all that stuff. Like he looked like he, he kind of was that, you know, that, that FIBA Frank of like a little more assertive. But, Three of ten, one of four from deep. You got to knock down like one more of those threes, right. a couple more of those baskets, and then at that point, if you're looking at it, then he's got what like twelve points in the game. You got a couple of you know, do a little bit of everything. Plays good D. It's like that's what you need from him. And exactly, I mean, like you you said it perfectly. Just one or two more of those buckets, and then I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, and usually when I see the percentage, I would start going. But he he did other things in the game. Had his hands in. A lot of aspects of it. Just hit one or two more of those shots, and then you won't hear me say anything about it. And I don't think that's that bad. I, I think I think I could said much worse about Frank here. So yeah. I mean, overall, I, 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 right? I thought it was a decent effort. Just got to hit one or two more shots. And Chip, do you have anything to add on Frank Nealakina? You didn't talk about his uh, plus and minus, did you? No, I swear to God, I didn't say shit about his plus and minus. <laughs> We're bringing it up. We're making. Yeah, yeah. you have to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> Um, no, I, I'm not even going to say it, although I do know it off the top of my head. So, nice. yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. yeah, no, uh, first of all, he lost a make because of a terrible moving screen call on Taj Gibson. So he oh, technically yeah. made four shots, That's true. but no, when he, uh, when he first came into the game, remember that. Right when he came into the game, he caught the ball and pulled up from the free throw line and made a jumper. Like, confidently took that shot. And I was like, holy shit, this is Frank? Like, <laughs> wow. And then, like, two possessions later or something on the fast break, he dribbled the ball off his foot. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Poor <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> but uh, he, I think he airballed the three later on. And then, like, the next play, he got the ball out and attacked the rim right away like no loss in confidence whatsoever and i was like shit all right man <laughs> good for him like he just i'm not saying he's like a world beater or anything but like 
He just he really does look like a different player right now. He right. really does. Or Even I can see that, that night he did. And yeah. I know it's preseason, and I know I love the guy. Look, he's the he's the goddamn background on my phone, right? The wallpaper <laughs> on my phone. I love the guy. But uh, because I can't find a good picture of Jonathan Isaac to put up there. That's why he's the wallpaper yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I look, I really like what I said. Obviously, God, you'd like to see him make a couple more shots than three out of ten. But the fact that he took ten shots, mm-hmm. I really like to see. Because right. the fact that and didn't reluctantly take ten shots. So it was good to see him be aggressive. And for for me, at least with Frank, like, obviously, we all agree a couple more shots would be great. But his his best thing is his defense. And, you know, Fisdale prides himself as this guy like, oh, I care about covering full court. Uh, You know, we want to play hard nosed, tough defense, rebound battle. Like if you're looking for a guard that can give you that. Frank is easily the best on the team at that. I, I, Peyton is a really good defender, too, I think, at right. times. Um, you know, I, I don't want to – but Frank has the potential of being, like, a, you know, an elite, elite perimeter defender. He's just so long. He's got great instincts. You know, he's, his hands are great. Um, and, he like, he covers the pick and roll, of, you know, about as well as any 21-year-old in the league. So it's like – Obviously, you want to see him make a few more shots and all that. But if he's your if he's your bench guy that comes in, or you know, one of your six man type persons who's who you need to like shut down someone on the perimeter, I think that's like a maybe not every night he's not going to be playing twenty twenty five minutes. But even if you need him for you know ten fifteen minutes off the bench, quick spark, some defensive life, things like that, I think there's a role for him on this team. Um, I think it's just we'll see how that kind of role evolves as it goes on because, you know, Trier's not going to be playing seven minutes, I don't think, a game. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. is coming back. Bobby Portis, I know it's not his position, but, you know, Bobby Portis is going to take some minutes away and, you know, that shifts some guys down like Kevin Knox, the small forward, shooting guard. You got Bullock, Dotson, you know, you got all these guys waiting in the wings. Um, So I think it'll be interesting to watch and see what happens with Frank. But I think that just that elite defensive potential for me just makes me keep coming back for more. And then Morris or Morris, Morris got tossed, obviously. So, but yeah. uh, Barrett, Barrett's not going to play forty minutes every night. Mm. So too, so that's uh, misleading on uh, his stats. But yeah, it's the minutes distribution. I thought was interesting from Fizz. I thought, like like you said before. You probably shouldn't take too much away from it. But the only thing that was really, like, uh, surprising to me, and maybe I shouldn't have been too surprised, like, I was hoping to see Iggy Brazdekas play. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I didn't think he'd be in the regular season rotation or anything, but I was kind of hoping to see him in the preseason, and maybe we still will. But I thought when I found out Portis wasn't playing and Smith wasn't playing, I thought maybe we'd get to see him. But uh, yet, Trier only got eight minutes. I didn't even realize it was that small of an amount of time. But um, it, it felt like it felt like more for yeah. some reason. Well, because he's so goddamn active, he's all over the place. <laughs> he that even he's only out there for eight minutes, and Breen calls his name twenty goddamn times. So he only took two shots, though, which two I, shots, which is that's, that's, a low, that's a low number for a Trier. Yeah. I wonder, I wish I could see how many times he touched the ball. I wish there was, like, I wish yeah. I could figure that out right now. 
Actually, I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> see if I can see if I can find his touches for that game. Well, you're looking that up. I, I think you know one of these other things, and, and I know we kind of talked about this as well before. But I mean, it just it does make me a little bit excited about this team that they have depth. They have options. They have different guys they can kind of go to. It's just you look at the box score right now. I'm looking at names that all can be some kind of contributors on any given night for this team. There's options here for Fisdale, and it, I don't I don't remember a roster. And again, is there a superstar on this? No, but these are good, solid players. Like, you know, people get made fun of all the time being a Nick fan, right? And they say, "Oh gosh, well this season's going to be a train wreck. They might win." You know, I don't. I'm actually very excited to see this team. I think they're going to be very competitive this year. I know we'll be doing our predictions next year and all that, uh, and next week. Uh, but I'm very excited to see this team, and I was very excited to watch them uh, play. I wasn't thrilled with the way they had like a 16 point lead and and lost it, and it became a ball game. And I wasn't in love with the the way they closed out that game because Washington kind of crept back into it. I think it's a team that's still young and still has to learn how to win. So we are going to see some of those moments throughout this year where maybe they might lose a ball game or two that they probably should have won, that they have given away. Because that, believe it or not, is actually a process for young teams. They have to figure out how to win, how to close out late games. It was a little shaky, uh, and that, that's just a, a negative aspect from this game. I want to see them execute a little bit better down the stretch and, and really stomp on a team's throat. Don't give them any hope to get back into that game. It got a little too close for comfort, but in the end, they were able to hit some big free throws, kind of ice the game, take care of business. Um, now, before, of course, we, we wrap this up, we, we got to talk about Marcus Morris and, and his, uh, of course. his famous moment here. I mean, uh, with uh, Anderson covering him, and uh, he threw, it looked like he caught him with a little bit of an elbow. There was some jawing back and forth between those two players. And then he went NBA street ball mode and threw the ball off his head uh, and got thrown out of the game. Uh, and, and I'll kind of start with this one. I didn't have a problem with it. You know, it's the first preseason game. Why not go out and send that message? Like he said, we're not going to take any bullshit. That's what he said. You know, we're not going to take any of that bull crap. We're not going to be punked around because that's kind of what has happened to the Knicks, you know, over the last several seasons. I could think back to many games where I see opposing benches just having a Remember that bottle flip with the You said that that's the first thing I thought about this. Yeah, yeah, the that's like brown the bottle embarrassing flip. thing to see an opposing team doing that to you. But that that's what has happened to the Knicks. So I kind of like the fact that he sent this little bit of message that say, no, we're not weak. We're gonna fight back. We're gonna be there. We're gonna be competitive. I do hear what he said in this press conference that I gotta be smarter than that and not do things like that and kind of hurt my team. But if you're going to do something like that, why not do it now? First preseason game. Go out and send yeah. that message there that we're not little punks. We're not going to get pushed around. We're going to play hard. We're going to compete. I think that's what every Nick fan wants to see. Now, we all talk about how great it was in the 90s with all those great players that didn't take crap from nobody. If we weren't going to win the game, we were going to win the fight. I think that's the old school mentality that a lot of people love from this Knicks team. And why not? Go out there and do things like this. Send that little bit of a message. Um be a little bit smarter in the regular season. We don't need you suspended or anything like that. We do need you on the floor. Um, you know, there might be some times you got to do what you got to do. Uh, but overall, I didn't have a problem with it. Some were saying, yeah, that's probably not smart to do things like that. Why not? Send that message is kind of my reaction with it. Uh, Chip, 
Would you agree? What, what were your thoughts on seeing Marcus Morris uh, throw the ball off the head of Anderson? I loved it. Yep. It's, it's exactly the kind of thing I hoped for when we signed the guy. So I don't think he'll be with the team very long. Mm-hmm. So I hope he kind of sets that tone in the locker room that they're not a team to be fucked with. You know, like, because they have, like, I'm glad you brought up the water bottle thing. That's the kind of team they have been for a very long time. No one's Mm -hmm. had any respect for this team since, I don't know, like, have they, have, has anyone had any respect for them since the 90s? I think it's 2013 when the right year people truly respected them. Yeah, Yeah. you have to get more than one year to, to, exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, sure. I, I think it's I think it's dating back to since Jeff Van Gundy. That was the last time people had respect for the Knicks. So I'm not saying Marcus Morris bouncing a basketball off the top of a guy's head is going to get them respect, right. but it's going to make people hopefully think twice before throwing water bottles around on the <laughs> on the sidelines or whatever. That was uh, that's still annoying thinking about that, but. Uh, yeah, I, I liked what he did. Um, I thought it was a little much to throw him out, especially in a preseason game. But whatever. I mean, it makes for good, uh, good rivalry, good storyline. The next time we play the Wizards, which uh, we're recording this on Thursday. Tomorrow we're going to be at the Garden. And I guess Anderson will be on Morris again, I assume. So... Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'm just gonna play devil's advocate for a second because I, obviously, I everyone loves like, oh, we're gonna be tough. Like we're gonna be like we're not taking mm-hmm. no shit this year. Like obviously, everyone loves to hear that. You know, all the guys on the team, fans, coaches, you know, all down the line. But every team in the, the history of the NBA has come into training camp and said we're gonna be tough this year. We're gonna be. That's true. Know, no, yeah. one, no one's yeah. gonna push us around this year. This is gonna be different. Every single team has ever said it. And I know Marcus Morris is a veteran. I know he has playoff experience. He's got, you know, he's got the, the proof is in the pudding with him. He's a legit proven guy. But, I mean, we'll see. Like, I mean, everyone's jumping all over this. Like, oh, this, these Knicks are different. They, we've seen them in one preseason game. We've seen, you know, Marcus Morris, which that was, I thought that was funny. Like, whatever. It's a preseason game. He's not getting suspended. It is what it is. I think my older brother used to do that to me when we would play in the driveway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, listen, don't get me wrong. I like, I love, like, oh, we're tough. We're, you know, no, not taking no shit from no one. I love that mentality. I love that attitude. I think it's, you know, a team that that Knicks fans would really get behind. But forgive me if I'm, you know, wait, gonna just like. I'm a little skeptical. That's what yeah, I'm, you gotta I'm, do I'm more just, than just that. Yeah. I'm right, right. Yeah, like uh, listen, I love, I love all this stuff. Like tough, you know, we're no shit. But, but hey, let's you know they got a tough game against the Spurs to start the season, and then let's see, let's see where they are, you know, heading into December. Let's see how uh, how competitive they're being if anything's changed, um, because you know there's there's a, as as much as I think this is going to be a, like a better season than last year because of how bad last year was, mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm exactly, I feel like the, the feeling around is kind of trending towards like, Oh, this Knicks team, they might be a, like a 
pseudo playoff team. Like they might, you know, they might make a, a, a weird run in a weak Eastern Conference. I don't. I'm not there yet. I just. I don't. And obviously, we'll get more into all this stuff next week. Right. A little preview for uh, for the listeners, but. I just I love the I love the whole mentality and everything, but I'm not buying it yet. Well, I think you know you're you're 100 right, boy. There's got to do a little bit more than just things like that because again, you know, we as you mentioned, every team kind of talks about how tough you are or how tough we're going to be, blah blah blah. Uh, you know, Cantor was kind of like that last year, you know, where mm. he didn't take anything from me. So you know, fans like that kind of stuff, but you still got to do a little bit more. I agree, you got to play teams tough. You got to, you know, grind out some wins and stuff like that. Just just saying it and doing little actions like this isn't enough. But at the same time, though, I do think that the players that are on this roster right now are hearing what, what especially with the media saying about them, you know, that the organization's trashed because they didn't get a big-name free agent. But they did get very good players, and I think they got something a little bit to prove here. I do think there's a little bit of chip on some of these guys' shoulders here. Mm-hmm. And, and also, some of these guys are trying to prove that they can be uh, more than just a player that lands on a roster. You think of some of these young guys, you know, like Frank Nielakina is trying to be worthy of that lottery pick. Dennis Smith Jr. is also mm-hmm. trying to show that he's worthy of a lottery pick. So I do think from the roster standpoint and everything that is being said, I do think this team has a little bit of chip you know, on their shoulder, and I do expect to see them tougher than what they have been. I don't think they're going to tolerate somebody flipping a bottle on the court this year. On. I, I don't think that's going to go over well this team. So, you know, I do agree with you, though. It, it's a nice, nice to see, but they got a long way to go to kind of build that reputation of a team that doesn't take crap from anybody on the floor. Uh, with that being said, though, we are going to wrap up the show today. Uh, next week, I'm going to try to promote this now. You do not want to miss next week's episode. It's our annual uh, predictions for the entire NBA season. So we'll look at the Eastern. We'll look at the Western Conference. Of course, we'll tie in things about the Knicks. Uh, we'll, we'll pick our playoff teams. We'll even talk a little bit about seeing if we can uh, break down these playoffs, You know, find out what teams are going to make it through, who's going to be our final prediction. All that's coming up next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you do not want to miss it. It's a chance once again for you guys to see if you agree with us and you know put your insights into uh, what you think is going to happen in both conferences. And again, we encourage you to do that again this week. Maybe you want to talk to us a little bit about what you've seen uh, from the first preseason game. We encourage you to reach out to us. You can do that through our Facebook page, which is the Nick State of Mind uh, podcast. And then we also have a Twitter account, NYKSOM Podcast. You can tweet us, tell us your thoughts. We always encourage listening to our our listeners and hearing their feedback. But again, next week is an episode that you don't want to miss. We'll have predictions. It's going to be a lot of fun, so we're very excited about next week. And that's all we got. So we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. The official magic podcast next week. (laughs) Deep into our magic stuff. Yeah.